It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the new and pre-owned Renault, Dacia and Opel range. And a car finance specialist on site to arrange a finance package that suits your budget. Low APR and zero deposit packages available. See blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch this Thursday afternoon. Great to have you with us on the show. Just reminding you what's coming up over the next couple of hours or so. Yes, Queen are my artists of the week. I have a great song today and more about them as well. Simon Cassidy is joining me. He's an angler, member of Navin Anglers. It's a good run of salmon on the boy and he got a great one last evening. We're going to have be, uh, we're going to have a chat about angling and more besides on the river. Rebecca Hardiman's in New Jersey. We're going there in a while. We're going to talk good eggs to her and the Gogarty family, Brona Conlin from Listoke Gin, 5% of the business could be yours, listen up coming in a while on the show and Dr Marion McGarry knows all about pishogs do you know what a pishog is? Well you're going to find out after 2 o'clock here on Late Lunch, you'll need the numbers today I promise you, 086-1800-658 WhatsApp or text me to the show, 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in it is Thursday the 13th. The 13th, Louise. 13. The number 13. Are you superstitious? Are you superstitious? I am to a certain extent. Like, it wouldn't be, you know, it's the 13th today, but it's meant to be Friday the 13th is the big one. I'd be a little yeah. more, bit more superstitious then. On a Friday the 13th, yeah. rather than a Thursday the 13th. Yeah. That sounds well, though. It comes off the tongue, doesn't it? Does, it does, yeah. Thursday, <laughs> Thursday the 13th. But I wouldn't be superstitious about the number 13. Okay, you're not at all. Did you ever... I I know people actually with the number 13. I know somebody, I do know somebody actually, who was offered a house number 13, wouldn't take it. Really? No. They're often actually lower priced. Wouldn't take it. Would not take the house. Love no money. And I know somebody else got it 13, but they took the number off the door immediately and put... 12A. Yes. Mm. That's a fact. I know people of that that, you know, just won't have the number 13, that it, that it is unlucky and people won't. You hardly ever lived in it. I did. For what? 10 years I lived, my first house was number 13. Was it? And my daddy, his home place was 12A. <laughs> <laughs> you see, your dad was superstitious uh, like myself. I'm a little bit wary about the 13. But yeah? Yeah, but let me tell you about my real superstitions. The ones that I'm actually that I actually take note of. You know what I mean? These superstitions, to me, I'm always wary of them. And folks, if you're listening today, if you have a superstition, let us know. We want to hear from you. 086-1800-658. Come on, WhatsApp or text me to the show. You know the phone in number, 1850-715-958. My number one 
is the magpie. Oh, right. I am really superstitious if I see one magpie. I don't mind any of Two I love. I love to see mm-hmm. two. Two for joy and whatever else. But one magpie on his own. Oh, I And do. what do you do? Well, first of all, if I'm going fishing, I turn the car and go home. Mm. No, I don't. don't really, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't do that. But what I do do, I'm always, I think I'm one of a great day fishing. I salute the magpie. I always salute the, signal ma- the uh, single magpie. That's my... Have you a, a magpie phobia? No, do you mind them at all? No, if I do see one sitting, I will yeah. kind of say, good morning, Mr. Magpie. Do but you? I once heard a chap who won the lotto or something on the radio, like he was from down the country or something. Yeah. And he said, I knew it was my lucky day when I saw a magpie this morning flying across the ditch because he said, one in flight is worth two in sight. <laughs> so it was lucky to him when it was flying. Uh, don't think I'll ever get that stroke of luck. I just can't change my mind on that one. A single magpie to me is not good, I have to say. These, I'll talk about a couple that I, I, that make me wary or spooky or if the magpie is telling me when you hear that kak, 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 you know the way they make that, that noise out of them I don't like to see <laughs> Sounds like me in the morning oh. <laughs> She's a magpie She is a magpie We told you that before She collects everything and will get rid of nothing That's the other trait of the magpie The other thing I will never do I will never walk under a ladder No, neither will I We'll add, we agree on that. Mm. I will never, I just never would. I just think it is bad luck personified. And the other one, these are probably my three primary, black cats. I'm wary of black cats. Are if, you? Especially if you hit them in your car. <laughs> okay. Yes, I've and, hit, uh, do you do I've, that a lot? I, in, my, in my lifetime, it's happened to me twice that I've actually, Aww. a cat has shot it and a black cat in front of me. And I just think, not good when something like that happens. I it's meant to be lucky if they cross your path. Uh, it wasn't it? for them. Not for that. For, sorry about it. It just, it just, I just couldn't stop. It was simple as that. Um, any, any other? Just before I move on to the, to the, to the superstitions I love. Any other just, one you want to mention that that you? That, just that, when you mentioned the under the the ladder, yeah. I know it was very unlucky for my sister years ago, and she's just started school and got the new uniform. It was quite expensive getting the blazer mm. for first year. And she walked under a ladder and the pot of paint fell down on top of her. Oh, oh, oh with the new gear on and all. gear on, destroyed. Oh, God, yeah, so helper almighty. So under the ladder is mm. one. Now, let's talk for a moment because the superstitions are not all negative, as you know, folks. Yes, we want to hear both sides. Negatives are positives. For me, a real positive one. If a bird shits on me. Good luck. Good luck. Don't mind it at all. Bang. It's happened to you, I'm sure. It's happened to most oh, people. Yeah. In the, I always think of that. If it hits your clothes, I've often got a splatter on the head a Did time you? or two. Oh, yeah, a time or two as well. Oh, yeah, especially, you know, them seagulls. They just don't care. They don't have good toilet manners Did you ever at all. win anything after it? I always felt, uh, uh, you know, rather than the winning, but it, it put me in a good frame of mind. Okay. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah. the thing about this as well, about superstition. It's, the, it's your mindset and, and if something good follows, great for it. I couldn't actually pinpoint anything for you. The other one, uh, I never change. If I put my shirt on inside out, I won't change it. What about back to front? I won't touch it. I won't Still, touch it. Nothing. I'll leave it for the day. If I, you know, put it on the wrong way around of that. I'll, I, yeah, some, you know when you put it on the wrong way around, it's sticking up under your chin with the back of it. Yeah, yeah. Tell you a t-shirt yeah. or something like that. I won't change it. I'm a big believer in that. The shirt on inside out is even for if good was, luck. Even if you're going out for dinner Ah, well, now, come on, come something. on, come on. Listen, listen. <laughs> so there are exceptions. Do you want to make me really look like an <laughs> eagle? Anyway, uh, I won't change the shirt. That is certainly one thing. I, and I'll tell you the other one. Just one more I want to mention because I love it. I just love it. And I experience it frequently in terms of superstition. 
when Mr. Robin appears mm. beside me, especially when I'm in the garden. He'll come right down. He's come down to my hand even at times. I love to see a Robin because I believe a Robin is somebody from beyond this life Come back coming to back to me. And I believe that. That's a super, maybe a superstition or whatever, but I love to believe that about the Robin and I love to have a Robin in my vicinity. What about a good luck? Have you a good luck? Any, like, they're just mine. What about good luck for you? Is there, have you a superstition that you feel would bring you good luck? Oh, I don't know about good luck, but to counteract the bad luck, if yeah. you spill salt, I will always throw it over a pinch over my left shoulder. Will you? Yeah, yeah, I will. I heard of that before now. And that's one now you just bring back to me. So if you spill salt when you're at home and that, you'll take a pinch and fire it up. Why your left shoulder? I, I just heard it was that you just have to put it over your left shoulder. I don't know why. Okay. Maybe it's because your heart is on your left, kind of towards your left hand. All right. I don't know. Okay. All right. Just uh, well, listen, we're, we're, we're th- folks, that's myself and Louise and our superstitions, good, bad and indifferent. The number 13, the day 13. Anything on your mind about superstitions, the numbers or anything else? They're coming in. Here's the messages. Here they come. They're coming on text and WhatsApp. Keep them coming to us. And you never heard of this one, but I know my mum has no pictures up of us in the house. And it's not because she doesn't like us. But she is a firm believer that if, although, well, maybe she doesn't. But uh, if Louise, I'll let you in on a secret after the show. (laughs) I've had little words with your mammy. Go ahead, go ahead, go on. She puts them back to front. No, um, if they fall off the wall... Uh, it means somebody in the picture is going to die. Oh, no. Mm, that's her superstition. Oh and I've heard God. of that a lot. A lot of others. And so she has that. no pictures on the wall. Not hanging on the wall. Yeah. Yeah, she'll have them up in the mantelpieces God, or whatever. did anyone ever hanging. hear of that? Anyone ever hear of that? The picture falling off? And like pictures of people that she knows, you know, not just a picture of a Foreboding. Sunset. Foreboding if the picture falls off the wall. That's a new one on me, I have to say. Anyway, there are, I'm sure, lots more. They're the common ones that we've been thinking of here today on Late Lunch on Thursday, the 13th <laughs> of May, 2021. Does what? actually sound better than Friday, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, doesn't yeah. it? Well, let's hear from you. What are you saying? Oh, you are saying, and we're going to come back to it in the moment but uh, in the meantime there is a famous man with a famous song yes it's the man himself it's Mr Stevie Wonder he sang about it he's written about it here he is Superstition from Stevie oh, 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 oh. Stevie Wonder and Superstition. We're talking superstitions on late lunch this afternoon. This Matty on to us from RD. Hello, Matty. Uh, uh, underlining underlining what uh, Louise said earlier, the salt over the left shoulder is to throw into the devil's eyes, says Matty. Mm, left in Latin is sinister. That's what my father told me many moons ago. So there you go. Uh, backing up what Louise said. Jean's been on to say, a single magpie, Jerry. I couldn't agree with you more. It just gives me the you know what. Monica says that if a bird flies into your window, it's a sign of a passing coming soon in the house of somebody. Oh my word. There you go. And there's more besides and we're coming back to them after this short break. Dolores, how are you? Hello, Jerry. How are you? Ah, Good to talk to you on the show today. Tell them what you've uh, been telling us. Well, one of the superstitions growing up, we were always led to believe you never put new shoes on a kitchen table, that it was bad luck. And to this day, I would not put a pair of shoes, even if they were in the shoebox. 
I wouldn't put them on the table. <laughs> that's just something else. And and that's this has always been with you from you were younger and it stayed with you. Always. In actual fact, when I was leaving for work today, my granddaughter left a new pair of football boots and my husband carried them in and he put them on the table and I run and I took them <laughs> off the table. I said, don't put them there. That's bad luck. <laughs> And Dolores, you, I have this. And what's the thinking behind it? Is it something to do with somebody maybe walking away or something like that? No, I really don't know. It's just I was all I always was led to believe that you just never do it. Going back, I think to my grandmother that um, new shoes on a kitchen table was just always classed as bad luck. You just didn't do it. Mm, isn't that interesting? Now, I have seen my daughter is a devil for that, uh, you know, uh, and I've seen her do that before. And you've brought it back to me now. Swipe, uh, uh, you know, a box, even choosing a box from a table, even if they were in a bag, just put down for a moment. No way she'd have it. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's one of like I, I would be quite superstitious, but it'd be one of the ones that I would be very careful about yes that, yes you know. yes I, I think it is something to do uh, especially with shoes you know that you put shoes on and you walk that somebody may you know uh, you know decide to take off or something like that you know what I'm getting at with yeah, with, with the new shoes isn't that interesting anything else spooks you when it comes to superstitions well probably most of the ones that you have already mentioned yeah like walking mm. under a ladder mm. Mm. Um, you know the, the ones that's the common enough ones yeah, yeah, but look at the shoes. We were delighted when you got in touch with us about that one. Well, listen, keep them off the table and help to wear the shoes and the football boots. Absolutely. <laughs> Dolores, God bless you. Thanks for oh, talking thanks to us today. Much. Take Thank care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. Now, we have another caller on the line. Uh, hello. Kathleen. Hello, Kathleen, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Thanks. Go on, tell them your one. Well, um, my good one is that. Um, I like to find um, a little feather belonging to a white bird. Mm. You know, you could be, it could be outside the house or you could be out for a walk and just a small little feather. And it's, I always think that um, it's a little sign that my, that my deceased husband is looking after me, you know. Ah, what's yeah. his name, Kathleen? Uh, Christy was his name. Ah, God almighty. So that brings I that... Like to see, yeah. I like yeah. to see a little white feather, you know. Yeah. Isn't that lovely? And that's a real positive one. It's like I was mentioning about the robin. You know, when I see the robin, I I think of my people who've passed as well close to me. You know what I mean? I think yeah. there's somebody there just with me, especially in the garden when I'm in the garden. My dad, my mum and that as well, close to me at that time, you know. Yeah. And the feather does that for you. Yes. And and have you come across, you know, is this something that you see on a regular basis that the feather would appear I in? I suppose, you'd be at least once a month now. Yeah. fairly regular, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah it'd be fairly, it'd be fairly regular. It just, it just happens. It could, it could happen today, and it mightn't happen for a few weeks. You know. Yes, yes. And and on the other side of things, I don't mean yeah, to magpie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have we have plenty of magpies around here on the noisy devils, but uh, and the beautiful looking birds, like they are. But um, I don't like to see one magpie on his own, especially if he's just sitting down, kind of waiting on you. <laughs> because I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen one. Well, I say I saw two or three of them all right lately, but. Um, yeah. Two weeks ago yesterday, I was coming home from town, and there's a kind of a long lane over to my house, and uh, there was a magpie sitting there on the on the hedge, and he suddenly nearly came level with him. And two hours later, I got a phone call to say that a very good friend had died. Oh, 
Yeah, yeah. so I don't like to see one magpie now, you know. No, and I'm with you all the way. I don't think they're looking. You're right, they are a beautiful bird. They oh, really beautiful are. beautiful looking, yeah. They are. But anyway, don't mind the magpie. The no. white feather's the one for Kathleen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Lovely to talk to you. Take care, bye, Kathleen. Bye, bye. Thanks for getting in touch with us. Marie is next up, and this is absolutely new on me when it comes to superstitions. Hello, Marie. Hello, Terry. How are you? I'm really good today. Tell them what you have on your mind. About a new moon through glass. Oh. So, if I'm at a home... And there's a new moon in the sky. You're saying to me, it's not good to look out at the moon. Through glass, yeah. There has to be a new moon. And, and I, mem- I remember my neighbour years ago, she was coming, walking down the stairs. Mm. And she seen the new moon. There were farmers, she seen the new moon. Oh, I'm after seeing the new moon through glass. It's very unlucky, she used to say. And is that where you take it from? That her experience, her telling you, or is it before yes. that? Yes. And then, and then, my granny used to say the same. Oh, look, there's a new moon, and I had my glasses on. I seen a true glass. Yeah. Oh no, there's a significant change. So if I, oh right now, here's the thing for me. It's not just sitting in the room and looking out through the window. If I have glasses on, that counts as well. Still glass. <gasps> yes. Mother of God, I better get rid of these glasses the next time there's a new moon in the sky. I don't mind bumping into everything. That's only a little bit of tiny bad luck, but there could be, oh, there could be more oh, serious I don't stuff. Know. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. Say, that's, it's a very old thing. An old one, uh, yes. So I wonder, will anyone else. Yes, let's see if anybody else yes, has heard about that as correct. well, or that it's yes. something. And yeah. uh, anything else, you know, bring, you feel superstitious about that it might bring you good luck or good fortune or? Uh, not really. No, okay. I don't like to see one magpie. Yeah, we're all in that with the poor old under, magpie. Under a ladder and uh, all that. Yes, the ones we've been talking about there. Yeah, they're the usual ones for people. The poor old magpie is getting battered on late lunch this afternoon. But there you go. It was, it was very interesting to hear that lady saying, what was it, something about one flying, something... Yeah, it was it was lucky or something if it was flying. Just yes. one. Yes, one in sight. Yeah. Be- one... One in flight, one, one in, in flight, flight, better than two in sight. That's yeah. what Louise said. I never yeah. heard that one before. Yeah, that. yeah. No. Uh, yeah, that was interesting and new on me too. Oh. Anyway, look, it's great to talk to you today. Thanks for it's taking scary. the call, Marie. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye-bye. 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 Louise, just repeat that saying again there, just in case I got it wrong. What did you say? One in flight is worth two in sight. Yes, one in flight, two in sight, yeah. So if it's sitting down, it's bad luck, but if it's flying, you're yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lily's been on to say, yes, I've heard uh, what Louise mentioned there, Jerry, about pictures falling from the wall or a bird flying into the window. We had that a little bit earlier there or with into Monica. The house. Or into the house. Yeah. Oh, that's it, yeah. You, you were saying that to me earlier on. Mm, Where a robin, if it flies into the house, it's a Grand outside, sign. but you don't want yeah. them in the house. Listen to this from Joan. Um, the magpie was marked for bad luck because when Jesus was carrying the cross, a magpie was seen and not dressed all in black. That's where that came from, I believe. Also, walking under the ladder was when they used to hang people because in the old days, the body had to be taken down with a lather and nobody wanted to walk 
under the ladder in case the body fell on top of them. <laughs> there you go. And as well as that, Jonas sent us a memo. I gave up cigarettes, Jerry, on the 13th of December. There, the 13th. Lucky for you, Joan. 1999. And she hasn't taken a puff since. Good on you. So it was a lucky date for me. And I do keep the garment on inside out like yourself, unless I have to change completely. There you go. You Brilliant. know, the inside and out shirt. There's just one here, Jerry, that I found um, just about the shoes on the table. Yeah. And seemingly it goes back to when shoes are more expensive and poor folk had only one pair, it could be used as a way of identifying a body. Oh, I see. I see. And that's an ancient, you Mm. know, uh, explanation. I think the walking away, though, is a part of it, isn't it? Um, No, seemingly, if you're going out with a girl or a boy, you don't buy them new shoes because they'll walk away from you. Okay, so you don't necessarily have to put them on the table. It's a little bit different. I see. I see. Thank you for your clarification. Keep them coming to us. We're going to come back to this during the show today. There's more coming in as I speak to you. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text us your superstitions this Thursday, the 3rd. Dr. Marion McGarry is an art historian, author, researcher and lecturer at Galway Mayo Institute of Technology. And she joins me on Late Lunch to talk today about Pishogs. Pishogs, you say, what are they? Of an age, you probably will know about them. But I'd say there's a lot of people don't. Marion's going to fill us in. Hello, Marion. Hi, Jerry, and hello to all your listeners as well. Welcome to the show. Tell me this, Pishog. What is a Pishog for the uninformed? Well, a Pishog is uh, a type of kind of odd, baseless superstition. And Pishogs have a long tradition in Ireland. And the word Pishog has different contexts in Ireland. So it can mean either a superstitious belief or practice, or it can mean a charm or spell. So there's two aspects to this which I never realised. I remember my, my late dad saying to me one time we were out through the countryside and he said, look, look at that fairy ring there. He said, that'll never be touched because if you went near that, oh my God, devastation could follow for you or your family. I'm sure you've heard that in the past. Is that a pishog? Yeah, that would be a pishog. So a pishog would be a belief of something that might bring you bad luck. And you have some very common beliefs and superstitions, and some aren't exclusive to Ireland. Um, For example, you know, if you see two magpies, you might expect joy afterwards, or you wouldn't want to, you know, um, step on a crack in the pavement or this sort of thing. That's common throughout the world. But the particularly Irish ones, yeah, are about not upsetting the fairies, not obtaining misfortune or bad luck. So the fairies were... A thing. And when we were growing up, we were told, yes, as you say there, we were told never to upset the fairy. So a tree, a fairy tree, a ring, a structure, things like that. What else? Was there something about if you were illicitly brewing an alcoholic beverage that some had to be donated to the fairies first? Yeah, absolutely. So along with all of these superstitions, there was a strong rural belief in fairies. And, you know, the whole thing was you had to appease the fairies um, for fear of getting bad luck. So, for example, yeah, you're right. Before tasting the puchines, the tradition was that the illegal distillers would spill the first drop on the ground for the fairies. Um, But also it extended to other things as well. Like, for example, people wouldn't throw water out at night without shouting a warning for the fairies to stand clear. I mean, you wouldn't want to accidentally throw dirty water on one of the fairies. And then finally, a really common one that kind of um, is still with us today. You know, the cross marked on brown bread, on your brown soda bread before you bake it. 
according to some stories, um, that's also to, to keep bad fairies away, but it also means the bread is baked more evenly. So, you know, that could also be the case as well. Harvest time was a time when a pishog grazed its head as well, wasn't it? The last sheaf of the harvest, there was something about that. It was called the kalyak. The kalyak, yeah, or the hag. So, yeah, that's part of a whole range of evil pishogs. So this is where the other meaning of, of the word. So it's, it's to do with magic spells and setting charms and, and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, most pishogs involve jealous people wishing ill luck on their neighbours. So a common one, for example, would involve the the charm setter burying eggs on the land of their neighbour or hiding them in the straw stores. And the idea was that as the eggs rotted, so too did the neighbour's fortune and luck. So that was one. But yeah, like the Calloc one is particularly interesting. That involves the last sheaf of the harvest. So this was known as a Calloc, and it was essentially a bundle or a plat of foliage um, that rural people believed to be very powerful. And they would keep it long after the harvest, and it was believed to be very good for the health and look of the household and farm. But if your last sheaf from the harvest was stolen, it could be used in a ritual that can only really be described as having, like, very being broadly similar to voodoo, where it was given the name of its owner, and then it was, uh, inverted commas, killed by stabbing, and then it was buried. And as it decayed, so too, uh, it was believed, would the owner of the last sheet. Now, the spell could be broken, but you had to find um, the person who did it, get them to confess, dig up the sheet and either dry it out or burn it. And that would um, that would act to um, stop the, the spell. Were there any other ways of lifting a spell or preventing a spell? Oh, yeah. Like, there was lots. And I'm sure a lot of us can remember older relatives, or even we would still do rituals today, like using holy water quite a lot. Um, you know, uh, to to bless things. Um, but with Pishogs, there was always a route to salvation um, via a way to counteract the spell or charm. So, yeah, y- you had protective rituals. So, like I said, holy water, having your bridges cross up um, or a cross or some religious iconography around the house, that would, you know, that would offer you a certain amount of protection in your home. But there was also ideas that if you were travelling at night, that, you know, you take a burnt coal from the fire and you know, obviously when it cooled down, you could keep that in your pocket and that would protect you from any evil. Um, carrying a black-handed knife or carrying some metal, a piece of, sorry, not metal, but iron. Um, and even iron horseshoes, you know, displayed on the house, that could protect you from bad luck as well. And people I know really had a belief in these and they were passed on from generation to generation. When I think of the Ireland of today and where we've come from and where we are, is this a thing of the past? Are Pishogs gone? Are they consigned to history? Um, I don't think so. I mean, one of the first things you mentioned there, Jerry, was the whole idea of fairy forts and people not touching them. And I think that a lot of people are still very um, reluctant to touch anything, you know, any objects that might accrue bad luck and they might know exactly what's behind it but still they would have a reluctance um so i I think it's still with us in many ways and i mean you you have to look at the great the wonderful archaeology we have in this country and uh, many many remains have been left undisturbed because of these beliefs but also i suppose because we have um, very intelligent farmers who protect our archaeology as well but it's 
it does come down to a lot of people around, uh, over the years were very reluctant to mess with sites that they felt might uh, ultimately bring them bad luck. So that 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 would have a lot to do with it as well. And, you know, even if you drive around the country, you see all those fairy thorns standing alone in the middle of fields. But people, again, um, they were allowed to grow undisturbed because they were considered um, to be fairy assembly places. Uh, uh, and if you messed with them, then you would also get a, a, a good bit of bad luck. So, yeah, I, I think there's remnants of the belief still with us today. That's really interesting. I have to say I'd be reluctant to go near anything in terms of a physical structure myself. I'm still uh, superstitious. Your most recent book, and you're a a multi-published author, Irish Customs and Rituals. Again, just to to, to focus on that for a moment. Brilliant, I have to say, and bringing back so many memories to so many people. Are are they a thing that's waning as well at this time because of, you know, rooted in tradition from many moons ago, disappearing fast? Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, they are. And what I found, one of the reasons I... uh, I was driven to write the book was that I would, I would maybe drop something in conversation, you know, similar to what we've been talking about. And, you know, uh, the person I was, uh, I would be talking to would go, really? I never heard that. And then I thought, wow, there's an awful lot of people out there who haven't heard of an awful lot of our traditions. And I thought that by writing the book, bringing a lot of the more common ones together, that it would serve to enlighten people um, as well as providing a, a good old entertaining read. It's that for sure, and I congratulate you on the uh, drawings which you did yourself that form part of the lovely book. And that book, folks, is available. You can buy it now by Marion McGarry, Irish Customs and Rituals, How Our Ancestors Celebrated Life and the Seasons. Worth getting and having and reminding yourself and leaving uh, for posterity as well for people to look back on. Anyway, I'll beware of the pishog, Marion. <laughs> so will I. Thanks so much, Jerry. Yes, Marion, brilliant, brilliant lady, Dr. Marion McGarry there talking to me about Pishogs on Thursday the 13th on Late Lunch on your station, LMFM Radio. I hope you're uh, having a nice afternoon and thank you for being with us on the show, whether you're listening on your radio, on your smart speaker or on the app, the LMFM app. Do uh, download that app if you haven't got it to your smartphone because we will be with you then wherever you go. Phil was on to say, turn the money you have in your pocket, Cherry, and it'll get rid of your bad luck. Well, you know something, Phil? I haven't a bob in me pocket. I honestly don't know the last time I had cash, really. Very little in the last 14 months. I know what you're saying, but the old tap, maybe I'll have to tap the car the other way now when I go <laughs> spending. Cross knives, cross knives is a sign of a row, Phil says as well. Hmm. And pearls. Pearls didn't hear that one before. Now, uh, more of your messages here. Let me get to them because there's loads. Um, Our first home was number 13, Jerry, and we moved in on a Friday. And I can honestly tell you, in our lifetimes, nothing bad has ever happened. And delighted to hear that. I really am. Tricia says, this is more of a religious superstition. I never buy anything that is offered in immaculate condition. As it defaces Our Lady, as she was truly immaculate, says Tricia in RD today. Interesting. Um, another one there about the number 13. Jerry, um, just to say that we lived in number 13. And for all of the time we lived there, Jerry, we had nothing but good luck in the house, says Paddy. Oh, we're dispelling the number 13 on the door. Rumour this afternoon on late lunch for sure. Another one there says... Um, 
Hi, Jerry. Uh, and uh, it says, My grandfather, many moons ago, told me when you see a single magpie, you say, Good day, Mr. Magpie. How are you? And hope your family are all well. Oldies seem to have carried our parents' superstitions with them through their lives and passed them on to us. They have indeed. And that's why they survive to this very day. There's more there. I am coming back to your superstitions on late lunch today. I promise you. 2016, Ireland's first gin school. There's still a range of gins now, award-winning gins. They've turned their hand to whiskey making and we'll never forget them because they were fantastic to us here in LMFM when the pandemic broke first back in March 2020 because they turned their operations to making hand sanitizer, and they were the first distillery in the country to do it, again leading the way. And they're back with something quite different. Who am I talking about? Only the wonderful Brona Conlon from Listoke Distillery. Hello again, Brona. Hey, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for joining us once more on the Thank show. Now, this really uh, caught me uh, when uh, you popped it into my email a couple of days ago. You're giving away 5% of the company. Why, Brona? Um, I suppose, look, Jerry, the big, big thing for us is that we've been knee-deep in sanitizer up until now, really. I mean, we're still producing it, but the focus has gone back down to our core production, which is our gin and now our whiskey as well. And um, and we're just literally, now we had our, our container stuck in the Suez Canal, but we, we got it through and we are literally signing up contracts now with China and with the whiskey and two gins and the same with America. So we just thought, okay, we needed, you know, we'd like to hit these markets in fifth gear instead of first gear. So we thought, okay, well, if we had a bit of funding behind us, it would be, it would be great to do it. Um, and I suppose like many, many small companies now, you know, the banks aren't going to jump out at the door to, um, to give us funding. Mm. So uh, we just said we'd do something totally left the field, totally different. And yeah. We're having a raffle. Well, I haven't seen this before. You are uh, left of centre as usual because, folks, for €20, €20, seriously, for €20, you could own 5%, are you saying, of this company? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I suppose towards the end of last year, uh, the company was valued at about 1.7 million. So that that tw- that five percent currently now would be worth around 50, about eighty about eighty thousand euros. Um, but uh, we're only started. Yes, yes. So we're the idea the the idea just to crystallise this behind this is you're look you need investment. You're pushing into China, America, international markets in the Far East. You're looking for investment to go into this, and this is a novel way of raising investment, but at the same time giving somebody one person a piece of the action. But it's just not five percent of the company. You're going to throw in ten thousand and five thousand for anyone that gives you the twenty quid as well as prizes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, it is. It's totally, totally different. I mean, a lot of businesses would have go crowdfunding and things like that. Yeah. But we kind of thought, do you know what? This is even more different again. And I suppose we're so excited. I mean, we're just you know on the cusp of a mad journey that's going to bring us literally around the world. Um, we're developing new products all the time. We've a chili chocolate gin just launched, <laughs> and you know somebody can just be part of that. You know, just as an outsider looking in, but a top taste tester. Somebody that can go to the gin school, you know, and just can be part of all the excitement and the and the fun that is a Stoke Distillery at present. So yeah, that's what we decided to do something different. 
And and there's no catch in this because you're saying there's five percent. There's many other uh, things coming with this, as you say as well. You'll have access to the gin school, tasting, etc. But five percent of the profits, and if it's ever sold, you can sell yeah. back the shares as well. Oh, oh, hundred percent, absolutely. So it's five percent of any profits that they yeah. have every year, and of of all profits at the end of every yes. year, and also then when we do sell the business. You get five percent off it, and if you know if something happens and they want to sell shares between now and then, we'll buy them back. But it'll be at market value. Yeah, understand. So that value is increasing all the time. Mm. So, um, mm. you know, I suppose it's 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 a very small investment of twenty pounds. Now it is pounds because it's a UK company running. Oh, I just Apple. saw that. But, yeah, it's pounds. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's just because it was for um, it was just make it obvious that we weren't obviously involved in it. Yes. So, yes. Um, yeah. This has so, been handled independently. So it's 20 pounds so roughly 22 euro. What's a couple of euros between friends yeah, as they absolutely. say. Um, have you um, a name or will you need to sell an amount of tickets you know to yeah. get you over the line and, and are you confident you're going to hit that mark and beyond? Yeah. So we would need to sell a minimum of 10,000 tickets. So okay. for 20 pounds yeah. You know, you have a one in ten thousand chance of winning five yeah. percent of something that you know that's worth about eighty thousand. Um we would like to reach twenty thousand. So we're just all we're doing is just keeping the head down and, and trying to get it out there and getting people interested and getting the buzz going on it. So um yeah. as I say, it's different and I suppose because we're first doing it, Jerry, I think maybe, you know, there are other companies who maybe stand back and go well, this is an easy way for us to fundraise as well mm. because it is tough now. Like, it's, nobody's saying, you know, it's undoubtedly very tough now at this time of the year. And this, with, you know, we're coming into summer and we're coming out of, we are, please God, coming out of COVID. So, um, you know, as I say, it's just, it's just really to get that little bit extra push yeah. so that when we hit the markets, we can hit them with, with, um, with good promotions and things like that. So, yeah, it's all very exciting. I have to hand it to you. You are something else. You're a dynamo. You're always thinking <laughs> in other terms to anybody else and that's why you've been successful and so brilliant all your life and I wish you well with this and good luck to and just tell them how do you invest your £20? Okay it's very simple you literally you go on to the stokedistillery.ie or any of our social media platforms and you get a link directly to the ticket sales and you just literally have to put in an email address just so that you can be emailed if you win any of the three prizes so if you win the 5% or the £10,000 or the £5,000 and uh, so it's all it's all on social media and it's all very exciting. OK. And we're the... dying to have somebody join us for a bit of fun. Ah, yes. <laughs> 9th of July is the day you're hoping to have your uh, raffle yeah. on. That's the aim for date at this point in time. Yeah, it'll, no, it'll definitely be on the 9th. OK. Whether we sell okay. weed or not. OK. It'll it's definitely all... be on the 9th. OK, it's going to happen then. Liststokedistillery.ie. All the information is there. You're great. I wish you well. I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Take care, Brona. Thanks a million, Jerry. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. 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 I, I have to hand it to people like Brona Conlon. They come up with these things. Like crowdfunding is there. That's a, a, a proven one as well. Going to the banks. I know it's tight. They're tight to loan to anybody. And she's a small business. She's made a great job of it. Now she's heading to the Far East and... For 20 quid to get 5% and look at the uh, value of 1.7 million. Yeah, well, there you go. You heard about it here on Late Lunch. Listoke, Listoke Distillery.ie if you care to have a punt with that one. There, You could be a shareholder in the company. Late Lunch, LMFM Radio. Louise, would you ever have thought that so many people would have, you, you know, superstition, Louise? It's brought it home to us, hasn't it, by the reaction today. Those superstitions... 
hold, don't they? Yeah. With so many people. Everyone is a little bit superstitious. Yes, yes. And the messages are coming into us. And I have a bit of good luck. I have a bit of good news as well. Go on. We must be all going to be millionaires. Because um, I was just looking at other superstitions around the country and around the world. Yeah. And in France, it's actually good luck if you step into dog poo with your left foot. And you've done that, have you? I think everybody has, haven't they? <laughs> you couldn't but, oh, I'm going to be talking about this on the show very soon. I have, a, I have a report. I've done a scientific report on dog poo, which will be coming to on late lunch shortly, one of the days, I promise you. You'll be amazed when I tell you what I've discovered. Anyway, uh, so we're all... <laughs> Sure, in the northeast, we're walking in it left, right, and centre. And the dog, Drogheda, RD, Trim, Kells, Navin, you name it. You know, when we throw it out here, we get it all back to us. So that's luck. That is luck. There's it's only good, if you put it in your left foot. Stand up with your right foot. Ugh, bad news. Any foot, give me a break. <laughs> 12 is my lucky number, says um, a listener today. Uh, married on the 12th, two boys born on the 12th of the month. Twins born on the 6th of the month. 6 by 2 equals 12. Um. <laughs> There's somebody who loves 12 as their lucky number. Here's another one. Um, it, it says, knife to the floor means a man to the door. Oh, I've heard that. Did you yeah. hear that before? Yeah. Knife to the floor means a man to the door. Two spoons means a baby. Oh. Mm. There you are. That's Big interesting, spoons or little spoons or any spoons. Uh, I forgot to mention that one. Joanne's been on to us. Hello, Joanne. Regular listener this afternoon in Drahad. Have you broke a mirror? Seven years bad luck? Oh, of course. We should have mentioned that one. Mm-hmm. That's one that holds for an awful lot of people, doesn't it? Yeah. It really does. Uh, shoes on the table. Yes, Jerry. Very unlucky, says another listener. Mayflowers thrown on the roof of the house on the last night of April. For I've good luck. That. Yes, the Mayflower. Yes, and good health. Good luck and good health. But worse again, Backing Dundalk to win the league. Very unlucky. Mm. <laughs> Come off it. You would have backed them the last few years and you'd have been in your money every year. This year, I don't think so. I think you're right there. But the Mayflower's on the roof of the house. Never that heard that. Is, yes, that is another good one for sure. Anyway, Late Lunch LMFM Radio. We love it when you talk to us on the show. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text me now. More of your superstitions. I'm coming back to it again. I promise you. But taking us towards our ne- next break... It's Atomic Kitten and Hole Again with the W. Atomic Kitten, Hole Again on your late lunch this Thursday afternoon. Up next on the show, yes, we're heading to New Jersey in the United States of America. And I'm looking forward to having a chat with Rebecca Hardiman. Now, my next guest lives in New Jersey. She's a former magazine editor who recently had her first novel published. It's called Good Eggs and was one of Margaret Madden's recommended reads on April's book club here on Late Lunch. I'm really delighted to say hello this afternoon to Rebecca Hardiman. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for joining me on the show. Now, this uh, regular listeners, uh, Margaret reviewed the book with us and I uh, spent a good bit of time with it as well. It's about an Irish family called the Gogarty's. Tell me about your Irish background first. Uh, sure. So my mom's uh, Irish and um, from Dublin. I still have a lot of family there. And um, so I was I was raised in in the states, obviously, in Ohio. But um, I, you know, on a kind of a steady diet of Irishisms, was very heavily influenced. So, um, and you know, I'd, I'd I'd come over to Dublin for summers sometimes and Christmas and all that. So I kind of had one foot in each world a little bit. 
Very good. So you're steeped yeah. in it. So no uh, way you couldn't but write this book with all the deep Irish connections, etc., that are in it. But you did. I was reading an interview you did as well, where you say you pulled a lot right from the Irish experience, but also in the States there. Tell us the story about the nursing homes. Two aspects to that there. As a student, you went there and the escape story. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the germ of the idea is sort of two-pronged. The first one was um, when I was young in Catholic school, we had to do community service hours. And so my friend and I went to a nursing home, a local home, and, with, you know, thinking we were going to meet, you know, kind of slow, quiet women. And But one of, the, one of the women we met, her name was Dorothy. She was really, really funny, kind of, you know, singing dirty songs and telling funny stories. And she would always ask us to smuggle in beers, cans of beer. And so I just kind of thought, well, that's funny. That's not really how older people are supposed to behave. And uh, she kind of stuck with me as a, as a character, you know, just as a, an, an influence. And then um, kind of a long time later, when I think I was in college and just reading the paper, and I came upon this story of these two elderly ladies who had actually broken out of a nursing home, like had this escape plan. And they ended up um, I'm kind of uh, going to Burger King, of all places. <laughs> It's great. It's a great story and you tell it so well. So that's an aspect of it I take that uh, was or has underpinned the character Millie. Uh, definitely. Yeah. So so originally it was sort of an American story, but um, having, you know, a lot of time in Ireland and also I did my leaving cert there, actually. I uh, and, and so it was very close to my grandmother. She kind of started becoming an inspiration. So this story kind of evolved to an Irish story and kind of a about, a, you know, funny kind of dynamic family that, you know, fights and all, but ultimately really loves each other. Mm. So the combination of all three there, the lady you met, the escape and your granny are all interwoven yeah. into this wonderful, wonderful character. But, you know, your time in boarding school as well. Aideen yeah. is the other, you know, one in the story. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love, I have to say, but that you're pulling from boarding school there. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's all made up, but, you know, the world that, you know, I'm thinking in was was that world. And, uh, you know, it was a very um, interesting time and I didn't want to go to Ireland. I, my mom just told me, well, you're going to go to Ireland now and you're going to go to boarding school and you're going to be in, in Dublin for two years. And, you know, I don't think I spoke to her the whole summer. <laughs> I was so upset. Uh, but, if, you know, ultimately, you know, obviously now I'm so glad I went because it was uh, it was difficult. But, you know, it was, uh, you know, I made great friends and the, the schooling was very um, hard. It was mm. very good. Mm. I still remember stuff I had to memorize for the leaving. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, it was actually a great experience. And then, yeah, I guess it must have made a real uh uh, impression because I, I ended up writing about it a lot. Yeah, mm. You know the way the you book. reflect now from a distance on that time and you have memories of it. You know, mm-hmm. what would you say in general about boarding school? Is, is it for everybody or certainly not for some? Uh, I don't know if it's for everybody. Um, but some of the girls there, they'd gone since they were pretty young mm. and they were sort of the toughest warriors of all because, you know, they were used to it. It was a little bit harder for some of the girls coming in, say, my age, 15 or 16, because it's a bit of a shock. I mean, you have three hours of study every night. Me coming from America, you know, where I was kind of running around free and loose. Uh, it was a bit it was a bit of a shock. So I, I guess it would depend on uh, the type of person you were. Mm. Now, the 
book, of course, is about family. And you know yourself, we're stuck with them for life, good, bad or (laughs) indifferent. And really, this comes across in this book. But you know what? Despite all they go through, the ups and downs, as we all do, none of us escape this. Family and love of family and that really wins out at the end, doesn't it? In the end of the day. Absolutely. And I don't know about, you know, your family, but mine, we bicker and, you know, but we're we're sort of always engaged with each other, even if it's not always positive. And ultimately, of course, we're, you know, we're family and we stand by each other. And that is ultimately what I sort of hoped came through uh, along with some humor in the book, because, uh, you know, we are stuck, but they're they're kind of your 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 best thing, too, you know, Mm. And and you have yeah. your own family uh, there in New Jersey now, your own children, etc. I'm curious yeah. to ask you this. How long has this book been in the making? Uh, <laughs> too long. <laughs> uh, uh, kind of on and off. It was actually a screenplay originally, a terrible, terrible screenplay, where I think it was just basically like 120 pages of dialogue and no action. Um, but it's kind of it kind of morphed over the years. So I would say... On and off, I would take it out, put it away, you know, and I was raising the kids, so I was very busy and still am. But, you know, when they were little, obviously, it's harder and you're kind of writing wherever you can, like, you know, scribbling at night or sitting in a parking lot at at a sports thing. And um, but in the last, say, two to three years, I guess, I thought, like, either you're going to do this, you know, or you're going to stop thinking about it. Mm. And so I kind of got more serious and um, I had a little writing group that I still have just a small group of us local. There's a lot of writers here where I live and uh, we would meet every week and it was sort of a, a built in deadline and discipline and we'd give feedback. So that helped a lot, um, you know, because it, it's kind of a big task. And uh, uh, but I sort of finally set my mind to it <laughs> after many years. Well, a good job you did because it's been warmly received. It really has by, you Thanks. know, readers. Uh, you're a first time uh, author as well. And uh, to bring a book like this to fruition is a fantastic achievement. And it to be going so well for you and welcomed by many of what we'll call now your peers in the industry who are there a, a lot longer and written multi-million selling books. They are, I've seen a lot of them quoted there saying that they love it and they've given you the thumbs up for the first will will it encourage you to go again or have you started down that road already oh i'm already down the road Uh, not 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 successfully but i'm 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 kind of stumbling down that lane right now yeah well you know you've uh, produced one and uh, done really well was it difficult uh, because a lot of people are stopped at this point to get a publisher like you have uh, I was I was lucky on that front. That happened fairly quickly, but probably only because I spent so many years, you know, polishing it. And, you know, my background as, as an editor was sort of a, a good and a bad thing because I'm kind of, um, you know, I'm very I have to keep honing it, honing it, you know, over. I mean, I could edit my whole life this thing. Uh, so it was it, it was fairly um, together by the time we kind of, you know, I, I, I reached out and tried to get an agent. So I was I was pretty lucky, but still had some, you know, there's always things you have to do. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm learning, mm. uh, you know, once it's, it's kind of in the system. Um, but that part of it wasn't so wasn't so wasn't as, you know, difficult as the, <laughs> the actual writing of it. <laughs> yes, of course. But look at here, you. You have something, you know, and you had something that a publisher was very keen on and they uh, have taken you in under their wing and uh, away you go. And it's on both sides of the Atlantic, which is great, uh, published at this point in time. Um, 
Can I ask you this? You have a, a, a lovely uh, New York... Oh, should I, I'm insulting you now. New York, New Jersey <laughs> accent, may I say there. Is the rivalry great? Just tell me this. I've been to New York on quite a number of occasions. Is the rivalry intense? New Jersey, New York. Oh, for sure. We're, we're like the ugly stepsister over here. For de- <laughs> definitely. In fact, they call us bridge and tunnel because you either have to, you know, get on a bridge or go in a tunnel to get over here. Yes. Um, but actually, it's it's actually really nice where we are. It's, yeah. it's kind of a it, it's it's not really true. But obviously, New York is, you know, the best in my, you know, New York is, 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 the, is the best of anything. Mm. Um, but we're close here. So so that that's good. Oh, yeah, you're only across is right. How are things there? How's it been for you, Rebecca, the last 14 months or so, you know, from the pandemic, uh, the outbreak of it to today? Can you see life coming back this time? You know, finally, uh, please, God, yes. Uh, You know, the vaccinations are really rolling out over here. But I should ask you guys, because I know I talk to my brother all the time. He's he's in Dublin and Mm. he the lockdowns and the and the, what three or four lockdowns weren't yeah. i mean it's opening up there now is it ah it is opening up and like yourselves uh, like we have a much smaller population and god almighty the vaccine has had hiccups because of uh, deliveries etc but finally finally uh, we are now firmly on the road to getting a, a big part of the population vaccinated. The supplies are coming in and by June even now we'll have uh, a good part done. And now they're talking today about uh, by autumn time that we should be fully, please God, reopening and no more lockdowns. Oh, my God. It's been terrible. Ireland's really had it, had mm. the lockdowns worse than almost anyone, I've, I've, it seems to me. Yeah. But are the pubs open yet there or are they open? <laughs> <laughs> the key question. Ah, uh, do you know what? You're one of us for sure. That's the question. That's the question. No, they're not open yet, but they're planning. It looks like uh, outdoor. Yes, from uh, the beginning of June. And then they're talking hopefully by the beginning of July that people will be able okay. to gather in an indoor basis at that stage. I only said it here yesterday. The only thing I want is to go down with me mates and have a pint. Of course. I heard in, in did I hear in London they were running out of beer because people were so happy to be <laughs> to be back in the pubs, even outdoors, that mm. a lot of the places, you know, mm. uh it all got drunk. It wouldn't surprise (laughs) me to be honest with you with people. It's just a pent up, uh, you know, um, desire to meet people again and socialise. You know what I'm talking about yourself. It's just that we all we all we all need it. Anyway listen, lovely to talk to you today. Good Eggs is the name of the book by Rebecca Hardiman. It's a big yellow cover. You can't miss it on the book stands here. It's available all over the place. If the second is half as good as the first, you're on your way young woman. Thank you so much, Jerry. It's really fun to chat with you. Thank you. You too. Take care of yourself. Bye, Rebecca. Take care. That's Rebecca Hardiman joining us from New Jersey in the United States of America this afternoon. Late lunch, LMFM radio. It's Thursday the 13th. We ain't half superstitious. Stay with us on the show. Jerry, Eddie here. I knew a woman who wouldn't leave her house on Friday the 13th for love nor money. There you go. So some people really do take that 13 series. Pat Hannity's on the line to tell me about a superstition. Hello, Pat. How you doing, Jerry? How you? You're doing well. I'm doing well indeed. Hope you're keeping well yourself. Come on, they're all listening. We want to hear yours. Tell us. It's one that my father, God rest him, gave me. Yeah. That even if you own the land. Yeah. And you step on the straight side. 
Is that me? Have you a radio on in the background? Oh, yeah, Margaret, Margaret. Oh, tell Margaret to knock that radio down or we'll be listening to ourselves in stereo or treble. Now, come on, tell us again. This is one that came from your dad. Go on. And uh, if you... Within a field, even if you owned it, and you stepped on what they call the stray sod... Yeah. ...you would not be able to find the gate or the gap in the hedge. (laughs) And unless... The only way out of it was to turn, uh, take your gadget off and turn it inside out. <laughs> and then you get out. <laughs> I love it, Pat. Now, I heard that years ago. Now, I'm sitting here having our lunch. We've got John Reed and, and Nick here doing some work in the garden. And they heard that before. Did they? They heard it Margaret, too. Margaret had never heard it. Yes. But Margaret reminded me that we paid the deposit on this house and we got the keys of this house on the 13th. Oh. There you go. And you've had nothing but happiness, thank God, there. Oh. You know, I, I was taken to Louise. I have no problem in walking under a ladder. Either. Uh, Margaret has had a few bad stories, all right. But, but that's it. But I thought the strange thought is, would, would yes. be an unusual one. And I thought, I'd just give you a buzz and let you know. Ah, listen, you're very good to tell us that. And uh, it brings back memories to me as well. It actually reminded me, I would have heard it many moons ago, but I'd forgotten about it to- totally. So stray thought in the field, you won't get out the gap of the gate you went in unless you turn the jacket inside out. Right. Are you listening to Pat Hannity this <laughs> afternoon? Mind yourselves. Pat, I have to leave it there. God bless you. God bless you. Take care oh, of yourself. Really enjoying the show. You could have made the whole show on that. <laughs> Absolutely. Today. I know, I know, I know, Pat. Great stuff. <laughs> Regards to yourself and Margaret. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. He's a great fella. Uh, Pat there, Pat Hannity, the stray sod. Yes. Well, folks, it's happened that last yesterday. After all these years... Yes, what am I talking about? Miss Tina Turner was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Why did it take so long? Maybe the theme of the song says it all. It's Tina, and what's love got to do with it? Oh, should the winning left, right and centre on the bingo, James Flynn in Carlingford, Bridie Hapney in RD, Mary Cummins from Navant, they all won €400 Euro each. Woohoo! Health the wear, enjoy it. Don't forget you can buy a book for next week's game from outlets across the, lower, the uh, northeast places like Weldon's in Dunlear, the village stores in Castle Bellingham, Crilly's in Ravensdale, Sheelan's in Riverstown. They all have books, but you can also get them on lmfm.ie yes you can buy our bingo book there next week's jackpot is 5,600 euro and remember proceeds from LMFM Radio Bingo go directly to support the National Council for the Blind the Labrador Lady Herdus on late lunch it's her dog they're reunited they're reunited the Labrador is back with its owner she's delighted she heard me mentioning there a little while ago the power of local radio superstitions you have a lovely one Louise I have a lovely one Filipino nurses say a baby girl steals the mother's beauty and a baby boy makes it makes her more beautiful. Oh, isn't that lovely? Isn't that yeah. nice? So that's one in the Philippine tradition as, mm. as well. Look at those other ones there. The stray sod, Alison in, in Denor says, yes, 
Uh, her dad always told her that one, Patrick Hannity telling us about it a little earlier on. And so, do you see that other one? Uh, that happened to my mum, says another mm. listener. Went into a field and couldn't get out for hours because of the stray sod. Eileen says a man on our street would leave his home if he heard of somebody else dying on the street because he believed there would be two more to make three deaths. Did you ever hear that? Oh, when there's he, one, there's three. Yeah, yeah. And he wouldn't go back to his house until there was three. She couldn't no, have been out for ages. He, yeah. Where would he stay? I don't know. But that's Eileen said she remembers that from similar one here one um one goes out of the world another comes in and there's if you notice there's always a pregnant relation at a funeral ah there you go hi jerry my parents got married on the 13th of september on my father's birthday they will be 60 years married this year and he'll be 91 isn't it lucky for them lucky 13 mm. says linda it is indeed uh, t- david Toomey and drahada remembers the moon superstitious uh, the superstition, yep, you know, looking glass. through the glass. I never knew that it applied to glass as well. Nice to hear from you, David, today. And here's another one from Joan. You don't put the shoes on the kitchen table because they used to lay the corpse on the table years back and they put their last pair of shoes on the edge of the table in case they needed them in the next world. Oh, wow. Ah, isn't that something else? You're so good. Thank you all. And there's more. Just time is uh, not with us today. There's more. Thank you for to everybody who's been in touch with us about the superstitions on the 13th and round the number 13. Now I move on today to my artists of the week who are Queen. And after a decade of non-stop recording and touring, Queen didn't do any live shows in 1983, instead concentrating on new material for a new album, which they released in early 84. It was their 11th album called The Works. It yielded hit singles like I Want to Break Free and Radio Gaga. They began touring again, however... Afterwards, breaking records, listen to this, with 600,000 people, I thought 300,000 was big yesterday, attending over two nights in Rio in Brazil in January 85. Ah, Live Aid, do you remember it? 13th of July 85 as well. Queen simply stole the show. In mid-1986, the band embarked on what would be their final tour with Freddie Mercury. They played Wembley again, recording a double live album from the concerts there over two nights. And in fact, there was so much demand, they couldn't get Wembley for the third night. Uh, So they hightailed it to Nebworth Park in London and an audience of 120,000 cheered them on there. That same year, they headlined, of course, Lane Castle and played a raft of dates all over the world with an excess of a million people going to see them. But Freddie Mercury's health, however, was visibly deteriorating in late 1988 into 89 with media reports alluding to AIDS as the likely cause. I will continue the Queen's story tomorrow, but today, yes, I go back to a song I mentioned just a moment ago there. I love it. It's Queen. I want to break free. Freddie Mercury and Queen, my chosen song today, I want to break free. Written by the bass player, John Deacon, that one there. And, of course, it's an anthem for the fight against repression. And my God, is it so apt, that song, when you look around the world and what's happening today. And the video, I'm sure you'll remember it, they all dressed in drag. Do you remember Freddie with the the hoover? (laughs) Going around the house for that one there, Queen. There was something else. Anyway, conclude the Queen's story 
with another song tomorrow, around about this time on Late Lunch. Final break of the afternoon and before I go home, I'm going fishing. I can't say I wasn't a little bit jealous when I saw the most beautiful photograph of angler Simon Cassidy with a bar of silver taken from the Boyne. And he's on the line to tell me more. He's, of course, a member of Navin Anglers Committee Man there as well. Hello, Simon. How you doing, Jerry? Oh, what a fish! My God Almighty! Tell us the story. Wonderful fish, wonderful fish, and and and, and it was well deserved. Even though I said I can't speak that, <laughs> I worked hard for that one. Um, yeah, there's a bit of a run on at the moment, so we've been fortunate enough to have been um, quite a few fish of that caliber caught in, in the last week or two. It's you know, great to see. What size was your salmon? Well, mine, I, I have to give a lot of credit to the photographer, <laughs> to, to, to Shane, uh, one of our committee members. Uh, he took the photograph and uh, he really emphasised the beauty of the fish. Yeah, this he... is actually a 16-pound fish now. 16-pound, uh, boyne yeah. wild salmon. And you got him yesterday? Got him yesterday evening. Yesterday Lovely. Evening. What did you catch him on? Um, a little home-tied fly of my own. That's that's a secret I keep to myself. <laughs> of course, and don't tell me either, because I'd be like you, I'd be keeping it close to me chest. So caught on the fly as well, and you're telling me there's a fair little run of silvers on the river at the moment. There's, there's a few running at the moment, you know. We're, we're, we're very fortunate in that, you know, inland fisheries have closed the river and put a conservation limit on it, so we can't kill fish on the river, you know. Yeah. And that has helped, you know, mm. helped sustain, you know, the stocks that we have. It's not meeting anything close to what it could, you know. Yeah. The bind has serious, serious potential and, and, and not just for us as anglers. Yeah. But for, for, for the for the for the people of Navan and for tourists and for everybody. Mm. You know, and it got highlighted there recently, passion and, and the love that people have for the ramparts and all along the bind, you know, with the, with with that incident with the pipeline. Yes. It just brought people's emotions and how much they love the area. And you know, that's wonderful for the river. Yeah. You know, that people recognise it and you know, and, and me county council have to be given a bit of credit, you know, for improving the walkway along the, the, mm. the ramp mm. there. And, you know, it's yeah. a wonderful facility right on people's doorstep there in the town. It know? certainly is. And from its, uh, the mouth of the sea right to source, the Boyne is a wonderful river. So the fish caught at Navin there and they'd be termed, a, a, well, not a, a real early spring fish, but a spring early summer fish. 16 pound is an absolute beaut and a fresh run and returned uh, to go back to the river and uh, procreate in the future to bring more salmon back to the Boyne. The catch and release you mentioned there, the Boyne has been in that category for a while and it had to go into it and as you said, catch and release for the rods, the draft nets aren't fishing the river anymore, the traps are gone, God the poor salmon had to run some gauntlet. Do you see a day in the future where there might be a, a limited uh, ability to take an odd salmon for a rod angler? If the, the river could meet its conservation level, mm. you know, and and at the moment it's it's deemed not to be meeting meeting its conservation right. level, you know, um, but but there is one upside. Like I mean, the upside of the catch and release is the fact that we have those multi sea winter fish. That's a multi sea winter fish. That fish has been in the river and spawned before. Yeah, you know, that's that's back for its second second episode of spawning. You know, the Atlantic, as you're aware, Jerry, they're unlike the Pacific. The Pacific die after spawning, whereas our Atlantic 
you know, can spawn. Yeah, some of them get back down as Celts back down the river when they yeah. spawn and they can, and the sea winter one, two and three plus and that fish certainly is looking at one that's been uh, through that river before and that is a huge, huge plus and I think, you know yourself, I'm fishing a, lo- a lock of time like yourself, more on the lakes than the river but I fished the boyne for sea trout for years and was lucky to n- enough to get a, a few salmon in the lower reaches but the mindset yeah. is changing and must continue to change that it's the sport. It does. It does. It's look at they're too valuable an asset alive to be killing. Mm. Honestly, that's if you if inland fisheries and and, and have that have, have data to say that each rod caught salmon is worth uh, almost four thousand to the economy. Yeah, each rod caught salmon now for true tourism and everything. Now that's a serious asset. Whereas uh, you know a yeah. salmon that's. Uh, the only person that benefits from a dead salmon is, is the individual that, that, that eats it. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. So that on, that on, is so on true. Systems, on systems where you can kill, I have no problem. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. I, where the numbers and the quotas are there and they're in numbers, but it's not at that stage yet in the boy, and it's a it's a good bit short. Just on the pipeline before we go, you know, that's a, still a pending decision. Yeah, it's a pending decision. Look, and and and, and, and all the submissions have been made, and hopefully it, it will go it will go in favour of the river. You know, mm. and it's brought out people's passions. It shows the passion that people have to the river. Look, it's it's wonderful. It's wonderful, and I hope it goes in the right direction for the people that love the river because we have an awful lot more work to do on the river. Mm. You know? um, uh, with the lifting of the inter-county travel, uh, I take it there are faces back on the river that couldn't uh, don the banks or walk the banks or fish the river uh, for a while now. Yeah, we have members from all over the country. Yep. We have members travelling down from Northern Ireland. Yes, and 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 they can get they can get down now and get their chance to catch a fish like that. Yeah, know? yeah. So they are all back there and enjoying the facilities of the river. Well, listen, well done to you. That's an absolute beautiful photograph, a picture fish, one for the. Uh, framing for the house and uh, for the gallery for the family for years and years to come well done to you and it's great to see uh, the Boyne the salmon of knowledge swimming the Boyne in numbers yet again Simon thanks for joining me tight lines talk to you again bye bye take care bye bye that's Simon Cassidy there oh what a fish you want to see the pictures just simply simply beautiful anyway long may it continue I love the Boyne River I fished it from I was a little lad haven't been on it much in recent years because my penchant of course is for lake fish from a boat for wild trout and other trout besides as well I love that that's my passion but the river the river every day the nooks and crannies the pools the runs the wildlife ah you can't beat it teach them fishing take them fishing show them fishing it's something they'll have the young ones for all of their lives anyway that's a lot on late lunch this Thursday afternoon tomorrow on the show Jean Murray is joining me She has a view on vaccines and the COVID situation. I'm uh, looking forward to talking to her. Tara Walker's with us. Perfect pasta tomorrow on Late Lunch. David Keenan, brilliant songwriter, musician from Dundalk. New music and gigs on the way. David's with us on the show. And Leon Blanche, of course, looking ahead to the weekend in sport. Gaelic Games is back. Football louder than mead in action as well. We'll be looking ahead on the show. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive on Thursday the 13th. Superstitions, yes, they're alive and well, as you've heard on Late Lunch this afternoon. And you keep alive and well and come back and join us for Friday's Late Lunch from 1.30. See you then. 
The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We have the biggest range of light commercials in the Northeast with same-day business finance, so let our van specialist Danny find the commercial vehicle to suit your requirements. See blackstonemotors.ie Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 